Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today we'll be exploring the concept of the Akashic Records, or sometimes it's referred to as the Akashic Field. My guest is Dr. Mary Baxter, who is an intuitive consultant based in uh, my old university town of Madison, Wisconsin. She is the author of Life Journeys of 21st Century Spiritual Healers and is also author of Getting Started with Your Pendulum. Once again, this is an internet interview, and now I'll switch over to the internet video. Hello, Mary. It's a pleasure to be with you. Hi, Jeffrey. A pleasure to be with you, too. We'll be talking about the Akashic Records or the Akashic Field. Maybe a good way to begin, since I know you use both of those terms, is how is there a, a distinction between them? I think the only distinction is the viewpoint of whoever is using the terms. To me, um, they, are, they are one one thing. I gather that the uh, term really became popular in the 19th century because of writings by Madame Blavatsky and other theosophists. Yes, they were bringing the teachings of the East, um, of India, to the West. And this was um, the teaching about reincarnation and that there is a wheel of life and karma and all of all of these kinds of things which weren't really part of western thinking or the more christian um you know religions and so it was very different um to hear this kind of thing and it fit i think with people who had experience you know people have life experience that doesn't fit um a, a mold that says you're born and you go through a life and then you die and that's it you know that there's nothing else or maybe a heaven but you know no thinking that you come back um just just a whole that the with madame blavatsky suddenly what there was this idea coming that the earth and civilizations were so much longer, so so much more ages and eons involved. Um, so that that was really key. And and then the American psychic uh, Edgar Casey uh, also referred to the Akashic records because, like he was amazed at what he was doing. He was conveying information that he had no idea about in his regular waking conscious life. Um, even into medical treatments and, you know, very specific things for people. So he was asking that question, I'm sure, like, where is this coming from? 
Incidentally, for our, our viewers who might be interested, we have a previous interview about Edgar Casey and the accuracy of his readings, and I'm linking to it right now for viewers uh, on the upper right-hand corner of their screen. They'd be able to uh, click and uh, watch that interview if they're interested. But now, in your case... In your case, you uh, had some personal experiences that led you into an exploration of the Akashic field. I did. I had never heard of it. And I just was personally having um, frightening experiences on a property that, um, you know, moving into a property, buying it in foreclosure seemed like such a good deal. And then we had an experience of our lives really falling apart and a lot of drama, a lot of violence, a lot of it's a farm, animals dying, a lot of unex, unexplainable uh, terror really going on. And I felt I had to do something about it and that we couldn't just flee. That was, you know, one one solution. And a friend of mine who I had confided a bit in about what was going on suggested I have a couple of readings and clearings with a woman that she knew. And so I just did it and had no idea of what to expect. And the results were phenomenal. They were dramatic. There were changes in the physical environment. Eventually, within a year, we were able to sell the property in a good, with a good conscience about it. Not like, oh my gosh, you know, we're just turning this over and good luck. Um, so I was deeply affected. In fact, I remember I feel it now. It was like my heart just cracked open and I became aware of like God and that there is a reality where we're really cared for and where miracles can happen if we're open to it. And the woman who did these readings, these clearings told me this is the Akashic Records. So I, I was amazed. I, I was able to learn uh, how to do the readings because I thought, oh, I'm going to become a psychotherapist. And it was just killing me. Um, the educational process and so forth. And then when this came along, I just, it was immediate. Like this is, this is my modality. I want to, I want to give this experience that I've had to other people. And so I learned and um, my first concept of the Akashic record was very limited. It was these readings, these, these quests, that's it. And then it started to expand. Well, and how specifically can you say in, in your case, uh, how did the Akashic Records play into the reading that you initially received? That's where the information was contained. That I personally had a record and all my family members had a record. My The property we're on, we were on had a record of its entire art history 
the past, all of it, the present and probable futures. So this was, you know, like, yes, there's fate or destiny, but it's not locked down. You know, what we do, the choices that we make in the present can like collapse time. We have, there's experiences we may need because of what we choose um, and others that we don't. And so the future is always changing in, in that way. And so that was the source of the information. Were there specific facts that became relevant or was it more about spiritual considerations? Well, here there were connections, there were reasons, there were past lives between me and my um, husband at the time, the children that we had, um, some similar kinds of experiences in past lives that hadn't really been transformed. So we could see what I took was, oh, now we're, we're doing something similar again in order to work it out better, you know, and, and would we work it out better? But it just, there are all these possibilities and also the explanations. Because, you know, a lot of times, I felt like crazy, like, why am I in this situation? Who are these people? Why is this going on? And I find that with clients I read for, they're looking for that, like, why? You know, um, very often we get into relationships in the beginning because they're so fabulous. And then a little bit down the road, it's like, whoa, where is that person? And what's happening? You know, it's completely unexpected. Um, from what we anticipated when we got involved in the beginning, you know, just like the property, oh, the plans we had. And no matter what we did, nothing was working, you know, um, so that there are reasons. So there's reasons from the past that are playing into the present. And, and in your case, for example, was there some intersection with your family members in that particular piece of property? Yeah, yeah, actually. Um, that was, um, like, actually shocking. And I don't know how much you would want to get into um specifics about what happens what you know vortexes on the earth where um very negative things have happened in the past and then they continue to unravel into new people living in a future time um that that sort of thing happens so at some point then you began to seek instruction for yourself how to do the sort of thing that you received Yes, yes. And so the woman who did the readings for me actually had um, a course that she put together. And in those days, this was um, early 90s cassette tapes. So she had recorded when she did live classes with groups of people um, at, her, at her property. She recorded them, and this was a class, and there was a workbook. So it's sort of like an oral tradition, a way of putting this information across. And I was really surprised, you know, because at first I thought, 
whoa, you need some kind of magic to be able to access information like this. And it turned out to be pretty matter of fact. And and I also uh, likely have had this experience in past lives of, of doing that kind of connecting. No, well, at the time, did you consider yourself a person with any special psychic or metaphysical abilities? Uh, not at all. If, if I had, I would never have gotten into this situation. Like, you know, I would have seen it coming and gone, oh, no, um, do something different. So, no, I did not have that feeling. I mean, I had had... Um, a sense of being cared for, especially as a child, um, by an angel, you know, who kind of looked after me. I had, um, we all have our roughness, um, I think, in our childhoods. And so this was really helpful for me. And there were times in my life where I would feel um, a direct message to do something. And I would, um, you know, a, a more positive thing. But I had also had some very um, negative experiences of the mind. Um, in my early 20s, I went through a period of time where I heard voices that were very cruel and um, scared me. Um, the, you know, this kind of thing. And so I, I sought psychiatric therapy for that, um, which was very useful. And, the, you know, what was so interesting about that is the cure, the cure, for, I was cured of the voices, was after a few sessions and, you know, saying I didn't want to take prescription medicine and so forth. She said her name was Dr. Goldman. And she said, you know, Mary, if you don't want to hear those voices, you just tell them to stop. Never occurred to me. I had tried to be friends with them, you know, like oh, interactive and ignore them, but it never occurred to me. And I did that. And that was the end. I, I see. So uh, you went through the uh, cassette tapes uh, and uh, that was sufficient for you to sort of open up to uh, reading the Akashic records. Yeah. In fact, well, the first lesson was to learn how to use a pendulum. And so I had never heard of a pendulum, no idea, but, but there it was. And so I bought one. I got a book um, that was recommended, and um, it was beyond pendulum dowsing, called something like that. And I learned that, and then I applied it to the system, um, and it worked. There I was. I was, you know, doing readings and about people I knew at first, my family, my parents, grandparents, this kind of thing. And it was just really, really wonderful. I, and I should mention, for benefit of our viewers, that we have planned a future interview in which we'll go into some detail on the use of the pendulum. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun, and also it, there's a seriousness to it for me. I mean, it's really, it's like a biofeedback tool to be in touch with something beyond your brain chatter and, you know, ra all your rational thoughts throughout the day. It's a way of, of connecting, and what, what we did was 
using pendulum dowsing and connecting into the Akashic records through a guide is how it worked for me. And, um, and, and also in truth, you know, like at really wanting to be in what we call, think of as light and truth and love, because a record of everything that's ever happened is going to contain all the lies, all the distortions, versions of the truth, and so forth. And that wasn't really useful for, for my purpose. Um, so that's a thing, yeah, to watch what you connect with. I understand that in order to uh, begin to access the Akashic field or the Akashic records, you need to put yourself into a certain state of mind. Yes. There's um, what I was taught was it was the theta brainwave state because we can measure the different, you know, states of the brain. And theta is very much a meditation type of state. It's before falling asleep, you don't want to be asleep. Um, it's not a trance like you're out of your mind and you don't know what you're f receiving. It's you're conscious, but also focused at a different level. So if something happens, like the doorbell rings or your child, I had my kids were always, um, I won't say interrupting, but they needed my attention. I would feel it as I would come out of the records, like, oh, okay, and then address that. And so there was the process for going into that. And then once you're in that state, uh, I also gather from some of your writing that the, the information uh, comes in many different forms. Yes. In fact, um, I found my intuition like all the ways. Um, I don't have a smell kind of intuition, but I would hear, I, that's something I realized I always had, was I would hear um, throughout life, but I didn't, you know, there was nothing, I wouldn't ask a question and get an answer. When I learned to read the records, boom, that happened. I would ask a question and get an answer, and sometimes hear it, sometimes it would be like very visual, like watching a video, especially if it involved a story, like a past life incident. Um, I would just, I suddenly it was all there, I'd write it down, and then that was, that was it. Uh, but you also mentioned earlier the need to have some level of discernment between uh, fantasies, lies, perhaps, uh, things that people imagine and things that are actually real or relevant. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it's very individual. You know, I think probably every person feels they're discerning. Um, and then someone else can look at it and go, whoa, you know, that, that doesn't seem right or correct or I can't accept it. So it's a very individual kind of thing. And the main thing I have discovered is, because there is a, like a channeling involved, um, you know, receiving messages. And what, what are the nature of those messages? And so if they're very, if they're scary 
no, you know, that that wouldn't make sense in the, in the concepts of light and valuable information. Or if they're really arrogant, like, oh, I am um, the new incarnation of Christ. And, you know, and, uh, you know, minions should bow down to me. I have all the answers. But then, no, you you are getting that information, but you're not discerning truth. And you mentioned earlier the need to have a guide. Yeah, yeah. I think that... um, I don't know if everyone needs to have a guide. I haven't met anyone that hasn't found one or a group that helps them in this area of connecting beyond the physical, which is what we're doing. And um, there may be, well, there probably are very elevated individuals in consciousness that do have a really direct connection. But I think the purpose of beings that are at different levels, like spirit guides and angels, ascended masters, you know, these, these kinds of beings are helpers that take us on that journey into truth and light, rather than... Um, disruptors, because there's plenty of them also. Like a lot of times people think, oh, if I'm, you know, getting some kind of spiritual energy information that's not coming directly from another human being, it's got to be true. It's got to be wonderful. And what I've really seen and learned is, you know, like here we are on Earth, we see the planet, what's going on around us. And that statement, as above, so below, like earth being below and the idea of, you know, spiritual realms being above, that doesn't mean that's all beautiful. Because if you look at what's going on around us, it's not all the greatest, lightest, most loving world. And so the same thing is happening in other realms. So we have to be careful. So you went through the uh, training on the cassettes, and then I gather in the course of your work, you also encountered uh, an individual who who really originated this system of uh, working. Yes, the orig- this was when I was working on my dissertation. I deci- See, I went to grad school with the purpose of, you know, I studied all these religions, spirituality, and so forth, it, trying to understand what is this? What are the Akashic records? What do other people believe? Because what I studied, and, you know, it wasn't just, oh, go through these cassette tapes. I listened to them thoroughly. Um, I had a job at the time on the peninsula, on the coast, Bay Area, where I drove a lot. And so I listened, I'd say, to the whole story at least a dozen times. So that it was a part of my mind, my story. I I knew the stories. And that really um, made it very useful, very easy for me to navigate when I was doing a reading. And then I thought, well, what is what science have to say about this? You know, is there any progress? Has psychology changed from when I was in school and, and so forth? And so I went to CIIS with California Institute of Integral Studies because they had 
uh, transformative leadership program and welcomed you to come in with your passion, with your ideas and center your studies around that. And that worked for me. So I was, that's where I was introduced to um, thinkers like Irvin Laszlo, who crossed all disciplines in his brilliant mind and synthesized everything. And um, Stanislav Grof was another, um, I read a book he wrote with his wife, uh, his late wife, Christina, and it was called Spiritual Emergency. And I identified what the work I was doing as that, as addressing spiritual emergencies. And so I looked like, where are they, you know, because um, they were doing something called, uh, they wanted to create a network, a new psychology that would help people in this way. And um, I found him at CIIS. So that's where I wanted to go. And I never studied, I wasn't in the psychology program, didn't want to be that. Because licensing would not allow me to do what I'm doing. And, um, but that was what brought me there. And so then I, and I learned about quantum theory, quantum physics, and the idea of the zero point field. And, you know, Laszlo identified that. He wrote a book called Science in the Akashic Field. And that was it for me. I just like I put it together and realized even how much more vast this was. And also in quantum theory, the observer effect so that, you know, we're not just puppets. We actually are affecting our lives and everything that is happening. So that was really exciting for me. And um, doing the research um, then into other healers. And so that is actually when I met your question. Um, Arlen Bach is his name. And he is the originator of the system for reading the Akashic Records that I had learned. And so he agreed to do interviews with me. And he was just um, amazing. A, a, a great talker. And a great thinker, he was a mining engineer, um, always with a metaphysical interest and great differences with, he was raised in um, Christian religions that told him things that made no sense as far as he was concerned and the disagreement with science. He, he felt truth should be true in all, all levels of learning. And so um, he became a Rosicrucian, yes, a Rosicrucian, and he was engaged in a world meditation one day, and in that meditation, he saw a wizard who told him, showed him a table of scrolls and ancient books, and was holding a pendulum and said, learn to use the pendulum again, and that's your that's your access to the truth. And he came out of it and, and did that. And out of that came this system. I, I see. And in, in the course of your work, you've come across a number of other uh, healers and intuitive consultants who use that system that he originated. 
Yes, yes. We we connected, spoke with each other. I mean, and also there would become differences um, of opinion with what he was doing or people wanting, you know, learning more, wanting to add more. And he had a tendency not to be open um, to that. And that got students talking to each other, you know. And so I did meet a number of people. And that was really, really wonderful to share and see what we were all doing. And it wasn't a huge divergence. I think it was more personalities. I, I gather that uh, what you're doing, this particular process, it reminds me a little bit of remote viewing, and it reminds me a little, a little bit of psychic reading. It seems as if it's kind of a combination of the two. It is. It, it is that. And like the remote viewing part is interesting because there when you say that I think more present life um, viewing of things that are going on and I think people find that idea invasive if it's their life um, you know that that someone would be looking at and I really try to avoid that in the readings I do with other people I don't really want to invade other people's lives, what they're doing, you know, right now in the moment. Um, but it is what we're doing when we look at the past, uh, looking at past lives. <laughs> oh, what a cutie. She's sweet. You know, I used the idea, the wording of intuitive and intuitive consultant, because at the time it had less of the, there's some negative connotations that go with psychics and psychic readings. Um, and I think we all, the group of people that were doing this work that I connected with really felt like regular people and um, also saw that, you know, anyone could learn to use their intuition and to really connect with um, ideas and beings, angels, guides beyond themselves, that this was not something uh, just special that only a few could do and so you know more connecting it with intuition and then as far as the remote viewing that which was something I learned about um, in grad school and it was very surprising to me and and anyone can learn this too you know the government really the was the one that did this research and uses it used it for military purposes and certainly there are people who have a talent or a propensity to be able to do this and recognize it, but I think it's a part of us. We can all learn if we open to it. When you enter into this uh, experience, contacting the Akashic field, you've, you have your pendulum, you also have a guide that you work with, and then you the way you've described it in uh, your book is that you open up a record, uh, do a reading, and then you have a process where you close the record as well. Yes. You know, and so I could think of that also with the idea of remote viewing. You would not stay in somebody's energetic space or in their record forever. 
you have a purpose for being there and it's not it's not really private a lot of people um, object or say oh you can't do that you need you know physical permission and so forth if you don't even know it's there you're not going to give physical permission and it it's available it's a field you know that's where the quantum world is fascinating it's like even as we're sitting here we're in two different places we're connected by the computer but we're connected through so much more through this field of energy that's flowing through our, our beings, our physical beings, our furniture, our spaces, and it's filled with information. Um, so, you know, some people will think, oh, there's a scribe furiously writing down everything, all your thoughts and everything, you know, that's happening. And maybe so. That could be a level of it. Um, but I, I see it much more fluid than that and that the picking up of the energies. So the field is comprised, like physicists say, it's made of particles and waves and that this is everything is. That's where the information is. And when we connect there, like how do people do animal communication? Um, and or or find out things that are happening in completely different languages. It's because there's a field where none of that matters. And so you, if you go in and you look for information, you're going to receive it in a way you can understand, in a language you understand, images, all of this. And when you're finished, close the book. You know, so there's that, the process of opening, the process of closing. And then also energetically, you're not carrying um, somebody else's past with you or their present. You let that be. Because I can well imagine, as in your own case with the horrible experiences uh, at the property, that some of these experiences you're going to open up to will be very powerful emotional experiences that you don't want to carry around with you. There's that. I, for me, it's a, reading the records is not emotional. It's very matter of fact. Um, I'm asking questions, opening up, you know, if there are new ideas or new things, you know, that I wouldn't think to ask. I'm open to that. But it's 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 distanced from me. And there's even a procedure that we use to close off any direct communication with anything negative. And I've had the experience of that type of energy trying to get through and just shutting it down, just like I learned, you know, years ago, if you don't want to hear it, tell it to stop. And, you know, so there is that, that when you open the records, it's also part of the process is only connecting in light and giving all the rest of it, you know, in clearing what we're clearing are negative influences. And they don't necessarily want to be found or cleared. And so there's just a process for keeping that at a distance. But I, if someone is having an experience um, that's very similar to something I've, I can be triggered in my emotions and, you know, feel sadness come up. 
Um, it's never been fear. I have no fear in, I, I just don't have any fear since learning how to do this. That was like the end of fear for me. So, but the process involves both receiving information and you use this other term, clearing. So it's not just about reading the records. It's also about making adjustments to the energetic situation. Yeah, because, you know, someone will ask for a reading and a clearing, and the reading will be, um, I like to relate it to what's happening in your life now, and, you know, what the effects are, what are your contracts, what are what did you come here to do, that's like the really major purpose of the um, reading the records and then are there interferences and if there are interferences we look at what they are and we can clear them we can adjust the record in removing the interferences and and telling someone what they are like these are the things that are going on um, because you've asked for this, now we've cleared them. It's really the person receiving the reading is really responsible for using it, for for it happening and, and what's going on. It's not like, oh, I'm doing this to you and, you know, where it becomes my responsibility. And then what we find is... If we don't change the patterns in our lives or habits in our lives that maintain those interferences, we'll draw something similar, you know, to keep interfering. So there's a, a learning process and an intention for someone who's having this done to make changes, to live that purpose, to make these things happen in their lives. Mm-hmm. Now, and in your case, did it all occur in one session or does it require multiple sessions? The way I do it, it happens in in one. I do the reading um, by myself. I don't read with other people. Like when I do like this, I would not be doing a reading now while we're talking to each other. It's too much interference. I don't I don't want the energy of the person and all their feelings and everything being a part of what I'm reading. And so there's a, a lot of information. And then I presented in a session on the phone or um, in, or in a video, you know, a phone call, presenting what it is, being able to field questions. I rarely am able to give all the information I have found, but to deal with that, I've developed a report. And so a written report comes later that'll contain a lot, you know, that we might not talk about because it won't be as relevant to the person in the, with the questions they have at the time. Um, it's a one-time thing. And then you see how you feel. If there are areas you want to pursue more, like sometimes people want to meet their angels and their spirit guides, or they have a whole bunch of questions like, oh my gosh, I could actually ask, you know, and find out. And, you know, they can also learn how to do this, or they can ask me or another reader that's doing this kind of work as sort of the the intermediary, you know, oh, here's your question, oh, here's what the answer is, or the guidance. Um, so there are a lot of other ways to 
delve into information, but the initial, it's called a soul profile, who you are as a soul, what's your history, and then the initial clearing is a, I do it all together. Some people do divide it up. It, you have a different way. So I'm, I'm a little puzzled, though, about the clearing, it, it, because if you're d doing this by yourself, you are doing the clearing, but then you want the uh, client to be responsible for the clearing. So it, it seems as if it's maybe a little of each. Well, you know, I'm, I have that, the ability and the skill someone is asking me to use to find these things. I'm also, you know, the clearing involves prayer, uh, prayer requests. I'm not going, oh, here's this, you know, get rid of it. I'm, I have a group of angelic beings. That's how I would refer to them. And that's their job. They're waiting to do this and they can also there are beings who can see all this going on and we can think well why don't they why why don't they just do it you know and so we as human beings have a thing you know free choice free will and we don't want to be we may want it, but it doesn't seem to be a natural law to have um, interference. To, we want to be able to ask for it. And, you know, what I'm doing is not the only way to accomplish these things, but it's a way that worked for me. And so this is something that I love. Now, if someone comes, and I don't really um, have this experience very often, but sometimes someone will have this. And then later, maybe a few years later, they find themselves in the same boat. And they'll get like, huh, Mary, I thought you, you know, took care of this and why am I having this again? And then it all comes back to me and then I'll ask, well, you know, because there's usually a plan that comes as part of it. Now, this is what you do. And did you do this? Did you do that? Well, usually this is with without fail it'll be a person who didn't do any of those things. They're in a relationship. It's the same relationship. They're handling it the same way. They're, you know, they're doing the same things. And so now, okay, you end up in not the same situation because you know it was better for a while. And so that's where the responsibility comes in is we can't just ask. some. it's, you know, like going to a doctor and going, well, you know, give me some pills and fix this. And then it doesn't work after what you stop taking them, you, you know, keep doing the same stuff, you end up in, in the same situation. So we are, I think, all responsible for what we do with the reading, with the clearing, just like anything else. What do we do with it? Because old habits often have a way of reasserting themselves. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many of the same pounds I've gained and lost, you know, over time where you just like, oh, now I can just go back to this and then it'll be like, oh, not really. Do you know, have to, it's that sort of thing. Well, Mary Baxter, this has been a wonderful discussion. Uh, your work is really quite fascinating and I certainly have a sense of uh, how authentic it is for you to be doing what you're doing. So uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing this conversation with me. And uh, 
I know our viewers will be excited to know that we have a couple more in, in uh, planning. Yeah. May I mention my website? Yes, of course. And, and it'll be printed uh, as well in the description of the video. Uh, so people can just go down to the description of the video and click and get directly to you. But go ahead and mention it. Theinnerknowing.com. I'm, I'm working with that a lot to give more and more information about what this is all about. So I'm, I just appreciate so much um, having this interview with you. I, and I want you to know this is the very first time I've ever done an interview. So you've been very kind. Well, uh, it's a first for you and a birthday for me. So it's a very special occasion. Very good. Happy birthday. Thank I'll see you again. Yes, you will.